This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Chip Patterson, CBSSports.com, a man who is comfortable moving throughout all of those conversations, including those on college football. Uh, how are you, my friend? I'm, I'm doing well. I will say that this year, Darlene loves Christmas, baby, please come home. Right. I've not heard that. I, oh, it's <laughs> okay. It's iconic. Okay. Darlene love Christmas parentheses, baby, please come home. Uh-huh. Has been the one that has gotten the most run uh, in our house. Really? Okay. This season. So I, I would recommend anybody. It's, it is not going to overtake Mariah for like my all time. But on the like, you know, the the hot one hundred, the one that's only you know tracking the trends, right? Darlene Love is uh is is making a run up there. So that's that's I got to give an update. If we're gonna that's bounce fine. back with me waxing iconic, uh, <laughs> I, I'm gonna say Darlene Love's at uh at the top right now at the moment. So when does Christmas music start getting played in the Patterson household? Um. Well, we. Uh, we came down with COVID twenty nine during the week of Thanksgiving. And oh so no! That, that's when the that's so Thanksgiving had not even come and gone before we were like, all right, here's what's happening. We're bringing down everything from the attic. We're playing Christmas music, and we're just gonna blow right through Thanksgiving and go ahead and start Christmas season a little early. Man. But in general, we say that weekend after Thanksgiving, rivalry weekend. We, we try to, you know, finish Sunday night with a tree, not necessarily decorated, but with the tree in the house and with the boxes of decorations at least down. So Thanksgiving weekend is really when all of that starts for us. Uh, un- com- completely understood. Is everybody's okay, though? I did not know that. Uh, is it COVID-29? We are, are we calling uh, it? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the latest update okay. is. Um, <laughs> no, it's, yeah. I, I, thankfully, because obviously there have been some legitimately tra- yeah. tragic outcomes. I I had a, a fever for a couple of days, was feeling pretty sick, and then just congestion right. since then. All right. But I'm, I'm, we're good. Yeah, I'm always concerned uh, about you. Not not because you come on here every week. I'd be concerned about you uh, otherwise. We check the tape for like the Wednesday before Thanksgiving when we were talking. <laughs> oh, I'll have to go back and listen to it now. Yeah, you'll you'll catch some play in her. I wasn't here. Year. I wasn't here the Wednesday. It was you and Hayes. So I'll have to go uh, go back and listen to it. Uh, all right, so I want to start. Let's start with Mike Leach. Um, I know you and I uh, texted actually before he had passed. You and I texted back and forth a little bit about it. Um, what do you think the legacy of Mike Leach is? I think it. it the, he changed the way that the offensive game is played, not just in college football but at the high school level and at the NFL. Because when he was at Kentucky with Hal Mummy and they sort of mm-hmm. built the air raid offense, at the time, all of Kentucky high school football was just the veer. Right. You know, just a very <laughs> simple, you know, at the line of scrimmage type, you know, run the football. Right. When he arrived in Texas at Texas Tech, they think, you know, this, this can't work here. And now all of Texas high school football – is the air raid, and it's all built off the air raid. Yeah. The fact that Lincoln Riley, the head coach at USC, is the Mike Leach tree. Um, you know, Sonny Cumbie at Louisiana Tech, Sonny Dykes at TCU, Neil Brown at West Virginia, uh, numerous other coaches that all trace it back. And But I want to set that aside because that's the most important thing. The legacy 
is the impact that he had on the way the game is played and the way the game is taught and practiced. Uh, the phrase routes on air, if you want to go back and you know do some extra reading here, mm-hmm. has multiple quarterbacks all throwing at the same time because he believed that repetition of simple concepts over and over again meant that execution was better. Jimbo Fisher has 10 notebooks of plays. Mike Leach has 10 plays. And he believed that if we run these 10 plays over and over again, our execution will be so good that we will be able to be successful. But back to the coaches, so many coaches speak so fondly of Mike Leach, and it reminds me of how much time these guys spend around each other mm-hmm. when we're not around, and when the cameras aren't around, and when the microphones aren't around. And it means that the person that Mike Leach was in those private times, in the film room, on the road, at some of these, you know, clinics and conventions where you know, all these different coaches would come together, that he was not just putting on a character uh, for the cameras, but he he really was someone who was curious, who was insightful, and who was interesting to talk to and interested in what was going on with you. So, you know, a, a lot to take apart, but I just think he's so much more than a lot of the little, like, quips and viral stuff. I mean, that was good and, like – was able to draw in people who weren't college Mm -hmm. football fans, but his impact on the game itself schematically and who he was within the community of people who really gave their lives to college football really seemed to be pretty genuine. So I I would say that that's the, the coaching and the X's and O's. That's the stuff that stands out to me more so than whether he believes aliens exist, (laughs) exists. He doesn't. You know, which big Pac-12 mascot would win in an all-out, you know, battle royal. Like, there is a a long list of those little viral clips. Yeah. But I think it's more about the the person that he was when it comes to really being interested in advancing the game. There's no – those are two separate things, right? Right. Um, But but here's how I believe they're related. First of all, in a game that has increasingly become less and less personality-driven as it – pertains to relating to us oh uh, sanit- all right. of our coaches sanitized yeah like as, the, as the sports popularity has exploded yeah. our coaches have become less interesting no no question and they're doing that because they don't want they don't want to give you anything you know mm-hmm. where in, in a way spurrier's gone spurrier brought out the personality in dabo sweeney and now that spurrier's gone dabo's really just like everybody else a little bit more folksy about it but just like everybody else uh but leach was willing to engage in all those weird conversations and here's how i think it it pertains to what his what he was as a football coach i think we could all agree that i mean i think the word genius is overused uh but he certainly was a thinker when it comes to football so and an innovator as well when it comes to football. And when you are that, you are just a thinker in general. And people like Leach, just when they're not thinking about football, aren't just being, they're thinking about things. So he actually thought about all of those mascot things. And he thought about the candy conversation. So that's, to me, those are related in some ways, and it really did make him entertaining. You know, sometimes he crossed the line, but uh, I thought, you know, he's just an entertaining guy, too. 
He's so, so smart. Mm -hmm. And if you ask a lot of somebody else said this, so I don't want to make it sound like it's my own, you know, genius comment, but there's been such an outpouring of leech. I feel like I've just uh, absorbed a lot of it (laughs) from osmosis, but someone said, if you ask most football coaches what they'd be doing, if they weren't coaching, they just sort of like look down, mumble to themselves and say something along the lines of they're not smart enough to do anything else. Right. Leach is. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Leach went to law school. Yeah. Mike Leach is a passionate learner, somebody who wants to continue to um, be curious. We wanted to be uh, continue to be curious about lots of different things. And I almost wonder if that's what, you know, there's something beautiful about somebody who is so smart coming to the game of football and being like, here's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to throw it to where they aren't. <laughs> that's it. Like the air raid offense is based on the idea that if we spread out the entire defense and run this unique combination of routes, one defender will have to make one decision. And when they make that decision, there will not be a defender in a space where you will have a wide receiver or a receiver of the football, throw it to where they ain't is the simplest idea. (laughs) And you know, Mike Leach, one time, a reporter asked him, uh, he heard that the offense only had eight plays, and Mike Leach got really huffy about it. He said, that's ridiculous. I cannot believe that you would say something like that. It's more like 10. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you don't need a ton of plays. They can disguise any play they want, right? And, you know, you also are, when he, this actually can't happen, because another side of Mike Leach being someone who you were drawn to was the fact that at a lot of his head coaching spots, he was an underdog, you know, like when you're at Texas Tech, yeah. you're an underdog to Texas. When you're at Washington State, you're an underdog to Washington. And when you're at Mississippi State, you're an underdog, not just to Ole Miss, but to everybody else in the right. SEC. Heck, even at Kentucky, you are an underdog to the rest of the SEC. It's one of the reasons why he and Hal Mummy created the air raid offense in general. But there was one spot where he wasn't for very long, but where he was not the underdog. And it was with Bob Stoops at Oklahoma. Because Bob Stoops was the defensive coordinator at Florida, and when he got the Oklahoma job, Steve Spurrier told Bob Stoops, for your offensive coordinator, since you're a defensive guy, hire the coach that drove you crazy. And he went and (laughs) hired Mike Leach. And even at Oklahoma, he brought something unique because they recruited defensive backs, they recruited running backs, they Mm -hmm. recruited non-wide receivers who had athletic skill and said, you're playing wide receiver in this offense. And, of course, Oklahoma uh, went on to field a very good offense with Leach at the helm. No question about it. All right, let me ask you – let me get into one quick thing here before we break. Uh, and this is my one of my favorite uh, seasons of the college – parts of the college football season. It's players skipping bowls season. And I don't know if I like it because if I was a, a kid with pro prospects – uh, and they asked me to play in an exhibition game that doesn't really mean anything. I wouldn't play in it either. Um, is Clemson how many how many players is is Clemson not going to have for their Orange Bowl against Tennessee? I know Josh Downs is not playing in the Holiday Bowl for Carolina. Uh, do we know? Do we have a long list of players who are opting out at this point? I mean, some of them are opting out because they're also in the transfer portal. That's Clemson true. had about eight or nine guys who are into the transfer portal in the first three days. You know, like North Carolina's roster, it's not just players who are opting out for the NFL draft, but right. players that are opting out of being a part of the program. Um, I, I think the transfer portal has dominated your calculations and your expectations for bowl season more so than even NFL draft-related opt-outs because at a lot of these places – 
the numbers game is actually more numbers of players that are not going to be playing in the bowl game because they're not going to be in the program anymore. I think that that, to me, as somebody who's like, you know, trying to keep up with rosters as much as possible, Mm -hmm. that has been more significant than necessarily the NFL draft opt-outs. And it leaves, I'll tell you what, the very first uh, weekend of bowl season comes up this weekend. Yeah. Uh, Starts on Friday with the Bahamas Bowl. The Cure Bowl is actually going to be a banger. UTSA against Troy. I would recommend catching that one. But on Saturday, Florida is playing Oregon State in the Las Vegas Bowl. Wow. And the Gators, yeah, yeah, yeah. The (laughs) Gators are 10-point underdogs to Oregon State. Because, yes, they do have a quarterback in Anthony Richardson who's not going to be playing in the game. He's your classic opt-out. But they've also got a flood of players who have hit the portal. And that will be our first preview of a Power 5 program who has not just been impacted by NFL draft-related opt-outs, but by a wave of transfer portal exits to what does that roster look like for a bowl game? Because the scholarship numbers at some positions are thin. And it will be a big, big challenge uh, for Billy Napier and co. That, more than anything, is going to be something to keep an eye on moving forward. Chip Patterson is with us as he is every Wednesday. So what do we owe something like that to? Is that a bunch of players looking for NIL money? Is that a bunch of players who just haven't? We we have a new coach. Billy Napier took over uh, UF. So what do we owe a massive you know, exodus into the portal to? I could be proven wrong by this, but I think it is impossible to ignore that the 2021 recruiting cycle was blind dating. That while we were okay, in the yeah. COVID pandemic of 2020, coaches could not get to go see players anywhere to the level uh, that, that they could before or after. Players could not get to schools right. anywhere close to the, the level they could before or after. Some places in some states did not even have high school football in the fall 2020 season. And so the 2021 recruiting cycle was blind dating. And some players have found out that, man, I, I made a bad decision. And some coaches have said, I made a bad evaluation. And I think that what we are seeing, especially here, still very much in the point where the players who are part of that are, you know, two years or less uh, within the college football, their college football careers, you, we've got the the one-time transfer waiver officially pushed through, uh, allowing them to be able to transfer without having to sit out once in their career. Right now, we are seeing a lot of movement, especially from mm. some of those second-year players, and I think some of that has to be chalked up to how rocky that 2021 recruiting cycle was because of the pandemic. All right. When we come back, I want to talk about quarterbacks. There's also um, a job that was actually just filled, but I want to see if it's, if it's even, uh, if you can even resuscitate this school and a firing that I can't figure out. We got a lot of stuff to talk about with Chip Patterson. College football season ended two weeks ago, but there's still a lot to talk about. There you go. Chris is, Chris. Chip is already, uh, He's in the holiday spirit. This is his song. This is. Who is this again? Darlene Uh, Love. Darlene Love? Yeah. Christmas, parentheses, baby, please come home. It sounds very cool. It's got a uh, a nice beat. Speaking of the wall of sound, uh, yeah, Phil Spector released a Christmas album 
in 63, 64. Yeah. Uh, the Ronettes doing Sleigh Ride. Nice. One on there. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's oh. I told you, like, I'll still stand by my Mariah Carey take. But, boy, Christmas, Baby Please Come Home is making a charge here in 2022. Where do you stand on Baby It's Cold Outside, Ray Charles? Strong on the playlist, but I'm. It doesn't. It is doesn't. It, is, is it a Christmas song? It's a yes. Anything that mm. is a winter song becomes okay. a Christmas song because <laughs> no time do you, no time do you actually listen to music and enjoy music with people in the winter more than around the holidays. Okay. Because in January we all know that we all hate each other and hide inside. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's a good point. Um, basketball. <laughs> see, it's on my it's on my all time list of Christmas songs. If it is a Christmas song, again, Christmas and Hollis. Um, I think a sleigh ride by TLC. Uh, also, I love "Must Be Santa" by Bob Dylan. That's just a just a a, a manic. And then, of course, uh, you've got uh, Dean Martin and Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. All right, let, we're we're not going to talk about that. Let me. Yeah. It, is the first of all, I want to start with Navy firing Ken Niamatololo. I have no idea if I said it correctly or not. What? Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete DeRuta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. You have a 401k, but you're changing jobs. You're taking that 401k with you. Next step. Well, a lot of people leave it behind, which is not a good thing. I mean, if you're not at the company anymore, your 401k shouldn't either. And that's when it's time for my 401k survival Oh, oh look box at that. Set. You see it right here. I've got workbooks, <laughs> guidebooks, DVDs in here that explain everything about your 401k. More importantly, how to build a lifetime income. It's a $300 value. I'm also going to give you a total retirement plan, which is a $1,000 value for the next 18 of you who call right now. No cost or obligation. Call. 888-843-0013 or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. Your all-time winning coach. I understand it hasn't been good the last few years, but excuse me? What are they doing? There's a difference to me of um, what? And oh no. Oh, that was a bad decision because this is not something that was a surprise. He has been beefing with that athletic director for three years now. The athletic director who tried to force him to fire his longtime offensive coordinator. Right. He got fired. Then he got unfired and brought back on. I mean, like workplace issues throughout as it pertains to uh, Ken Niamatololo. You're right. Navy's winningest head coach of all time. Somebody who got his start working for that program under Paul Johnson. Yep. Somebody who has been a stellar face of the program and representative of the Naval Academy in every room that he's in. Yeah. Do not agree with the firing. I do not think it was a smart decision because I don't know who you're going to get at the Naval Academy who's going to be better. But again, the context that I have to provide is that athletic director and head coach have had friction for multiple years now, and apparently it was riding on that game, a game that went to overtime, and that's where we're at. Uh, it's just it's one of those things that is just staggering to me. All right, to, to another college job. Is the Stanford run over? Jim Harbaugh took that over after leaving, I think it was uh, University of San Diego. He turned that into, and with the help of Andrew Luck, obviously, but it wasn't the only quarterback he had there. 
He turned that into a really good job, a place you could win. And then David Shaw followed that up, and it is obviously the last few years it has completely gone the other way. Uh, is that run over? Are we looking at Stanford as being a place where, yeah, you can win there, kind of like you can win at Duke or Wake? No, you can't even win there like you can win at Duke or Wake unless mm. they seriously change a few things, um, starting with, okay, <clears throat> how much time you got, buddy? Uh, <laughs> so one of the reasons I thought that Deion Sanders would be a bad fit at Colorado is because Colorado uh, actually has some very high standards for transferring into the university academically. Right. What was one of the first things that we heard is that they're going to relax that. Of course a chance came out and was like, you know what? We see the writing on the wall. Football is going to drive this thing. We are going to relax our transfer standards. You cannot transfer into Stanford. Mm -mm. It is so, so hard for them to be able to get transfers into that program. So much so that I think the one transfer on the roster this year was technically a walk-on who <laughs> came to the program from Oklahoma State. Um, number two, the early signing period has wrecked Stanford recruiting. Stanford used yeah. to be able to put, get good classes in there, but so many of the top prospects commit during the early signing period, and Stanford's admissions won't let you in. At that point, the timelines don't line up for them to be able to get players into the school in time for the early signing period. So you've got to change your admissions for undergrads. You've got to change your admissions for transfers. Like that's the very start of that is like, Troy Taylor, the Sacramento State head coach, is a offensive, you know, not genius, but he, right. he is an offensive mind who's been able to do great things, including leading Sacramento State to its first ever conference titles in the Big Sky, a program that just moved from D2 to FCS in 1996. But he is not going to be able to execute that offense in the Pac-12 unless he has players and they've got to change those admission standards. So, number one, the school has to decide whether or not it cares about football. Because if you mm -hmm. care about football, you change your admission standards and you give Troy Taylor a chance to bring players in and get them in early. And if you do all that, you will at least bring Stanford to being competitive. But then you've got to ask whether Stanford, which has some very wealthy graduates, yep. to get involved in the NIL game. So, you got to lower <laughs> You have to lower your admission standards at what is considered mm. one of the great academic institutions this country has, and you've got to decide whether or not you want to drop the bag. Um, I don't know whether Stanford wants to do any of those things. Right. The answer is no to all three, admissions for undergrads, admissions for transfers, and also NIL, then no, Stanford's run is done. It will, Stanford will not get anywhere close to where it reached under Jim Harbaugh and David Shaw. What if the recruiting calendar changes and because of the transfer portal what if they get rid of the early signing period uh, and go back to where it used to be where national signing day which i think what is the first wednesday in february is that the is that the yep. national what if they did that what if, get rid of the early signing period which a lot of coaches wanted but now with the portal being what it is uh maybe there's maybe that's counterproductive maybe they have to change everything uh, just go back to the one signing period, and uh, would that help Stanford, or or is or are we too far beyond that? I think we're too far beyond that because I've also heard take the early signing period and bump it back to August. <laughs> okay, like let's let's before go ahead, like, the if, season starts, yeah, before I mean, the high school season starts. A lot of these guys are just putting pen to paper. One week from today, they are just putting pen to paper. They have already. Um, committed in July. 
right. or August or before their senior season started. And that okay. is the suggestion that I've heard. If you want to break up the calendar is let's, let's let all these guys that commit during the summer between their junior and senior year, let's let them go ahead and sign heading into their senior season. And then we'll come back in February for the next round. All right. Well, we, I don't so, know how any of it's going to, uh, going to shake out. Decide, Stanford's got to decide whether it's willing to let people let, let more students into the university who are football players and make exceptions. And if they don't, then they're going to be left behind. Chip Patterson, who is quarterback one in your eyes as it uh, relates to the NFL draft? Wait to next year. (laughs) Uh, Well, that could be a good answer. Bryce Young's the player I like the most. He didn't have a good season. Um, C.J. Stroud is not a player I like, though he is the best at moving the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. I mean, heck, if Hendon Hooker didn't tear his ACL, you'd hear me talking about, like, forget it, draft Hendon Hooker. That guy is ready to show up and compete right, right away, day one. Um, but, yeah, it's I'm, I'm not a Will Levis guy. And um, I don't know who else is sort of in that conversation right now. No, I have no idea. Here's the, uh, I guess, what what about uh, Nick's, Bo Nick's? No. <laughs> But I mean, look, Bo Nix is going to be able a great to answer, though. take the headset off and come into a game, maybe two to three games, and be able to be successful. Bo Nix has like big Taylor Heineke energy. <laughs> like he is gifted enough and athletic enough and is enough of a competitor and has played enough football and been successful at multiple places that I could see him having that kind of run, but nah. <laughs> um, here's the thing. I like Bryce. I think Bryce Young's the best prospect from this group, uh, but I also think he's tiny. And That's... when Nick Saban earlier this year, uh, when he had the the shoulder, whatever the shoulder uh, injury was, when he says, oh, yeah, he's been dealing with that for a while. I'm like, no, no, you can't say that out loud. No, 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 no. You... That's like Bryce Young to me, has a bunch of intangibles because I've seen him put the Alabama offense on his back and drag Alabama to double-digit wins and even a national championship game appearance. Um, You know, no running back room last year, no wide receivers this year, just making things happen. That is, like, my, my reason why I say I like him, but he also wasn't fantastic at times. He wasn't, like, quite good Mm -hmm. enough. So, yeah, Bryce, to answer your question, Bryce Young's my QB one, but not a not a ton of confidence in the QB class as a whole. I would, I'd probably rather go to the defensive side of the football. Like if I had the number one overall pick, I might take Will Anderson. I would take. <laughs> that's exactly who I would take if I had the number one overall pick. Uh, and I'll bet you anything, the Houston Texans are going to take Bryce Young um, because they apparently don't like any of their quarterbacks, and I don't blame them, but. Uh, I think they're going to take Bryce Young, but because that's what everybody does, you got to take quarterback just about. Uh, all right, next week we're going to do we're going to pick all the ACC bowls, okay, uh, and we'll talk uh, quarterbacks in the por- ACC quarterbacks in the portal, which I believe there are fourteen of them. I don't know. There's everybody. No, no, no. Riley Leonard and Drake May, our beloved in-state quarterbacks, are at least seem to be committed to stay. All right, hold on one, very quickly. I don't, I, I, you're obviously, you're wearing a jacket. You have to go to uh, CBS Sports HQ. Um, 
How does Duke keep Riley Leonard? Oh, I I think the relationship with the offensive staff, I mean, there's no way. I mean, I'm not speaking for Riley Leonard, but there's no way that you could be a part of this program, see everything that's happened in the last 12 months, and not be a believer in what's happening. I'm a believer in them, too. So Duke has to cut right. You have to think Duke has to come up with some NIL money for Riley Leonard. I mean, that, I, that guy can be a top 10, 12 college quarterback. I, I'm not sure about that. Okay. But, I mean, he could. Anyway, I do got to run. All right, bye. Chip Sounds Patterson. good. Well. <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing a sport jacket. I know he's got to go. He's fancy. Uh, he doesn't just dress up for us. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.